Welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is the place to connect to who you truly are. We're bringing PhDs, experts, and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, author, and TEDx speechwriter and booker, and I'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode. All right, friends, we are here. It's Ashley on the U-Turn podcast. And today, one of my very best friends in the whole world that I love so much, who is so busy making magic of everybody around her is on the show. And it's Jen Gottlieb. She's a superstar entrepreneur, speaker, one of the best speakers I know, so heartfelt. She has a show called the I Dare You podcast. And she co-founded a company called Super Connector Media, and that's exactly what it is. She is truly a super connector. She And, and the company itself is award-winning events, online education, um, and they're just PR whizzes, like really helping you understand how to elevate your brand. And um, actually, believe it or not, she had a half decade on VH1, and she was a Broadway actress. But I'm mostly excited Beyond her work helping people be like a recognized expert or just giving me love advice right now, because I don't know if anybody knows this, but I broke up with my amazing partner in Miami who I loved, but just decided it wasn't right. She's giving me love advice. And her book is called Be Seen. And being seen is so much more than just being seen in the media. It's being able to see yourself. So we are about to freaking jam on this thing. And um, Jen, I love you so much. I'm so happy you're here. I love you so much. I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now in this moment. I've I've been having like a little bit of a I've I've been on a high lately, like doing so well. And today was the first day that kind of like what comes up goes down a little bit. And you're just like the perfect person to be writing a book called Be Seen because. I don't know people that make people feel as seen as you can. Like you're truly gifted at this. And I think that's why you're such a good speaker because you're truly meeting people where they are. So I want to start there. Like, what does it mean to you to truly be seen, especially like when you are struggling to be seen, you know, like, can you paint a picture of people maybe who don't understand it and maybe they're not doing it and they need it and don't know it? Well, I love that you opened this up with saying in order to be seen, you need to see yourself. Because this is the first interview that I've ever done where somebody said that in the beginning, because usually I'm the one that says that. But being seen really, a lot of, a lot of people will open up my book or want to consume my content because they want to learn how to build a brand and an audience and be visible online and build a business around your personal brand. But really the first step around all of this is being able to see who you really are and what you really want to become and and what really is meaningful to you and who the real you is. As a lot of us, and if you're listening to this, this resonates, I really want you to listen. I really want you to tap in. A lot of us have spent the majority of our life living by the shoulds, building a life that is what everybody else wanted for us. Like, oh, you should date a guy like this. You should have this career. You should go on this path. You should pursue this. And then you wake up one day and it's like, oh my God, I'm totally, I totally built this brand, whatever it is, whether it's a real actual brand in front of people, or maybe it's just your personal brand of who you are and what you've created in your life. It's not in alignment with who you really are. And my past, you said I was on, I was on VH1 for five years. I was on a show about heavy metal music. I can't even like, I just, okay. Tell me more. I don't 
Not, not, it's not a surprise anymore to people. Now I can say it. I, I don't like heavy metal music. I was an actress. Nothing about your vibe fucking says heavy metal, Jen. There, and there's nothing wrong with metal at all. I'm just not a fan. Like, I'm just not a metal girl. But I got this job and I was an actress trying to get gigs. And I found myself booking this part on this TV show that was like a, like a talk show where they would interview rock stars. And I got the part of that, like the hot chick, almost like the Vanna White of this heavy metal show. And when I first got the part, I was my, gosh, my name was Miss Box of Junk. That was, my oh my that was literally that was my job. So I would like bring out this box with prizes in it and people would like put their hand inside the box and pull out a prize when they won. And like, then I'd be like, yay. And then I'd walk off. And, and it was, you know, it was a gig though. It was on VH1. It was on cable. I was thrilled. I just wanted to work. But what ended up happening is before I knew it, it's like five years have passed. I've been on it for a bazillion seasons and I have completely transformed myself into what I thought everyone needed me to be to keep this job and keep up face and build this audience and and have people like me and accept me. And so I was like heavy metal girl and I lost real Jen completely. And during this time of being seen as this person that couldn't have been more inauthentic to who I really was, I started to get out of alignment in my personal life too. I was dating a guy that was completely like toxic for me. He it, It was a bad situation, but it was almost like the picture perfect of what everyone else wanted for me. I was also severely bulimic. And had a terrible eating disorder in a deep depression, partying all the time, just living a really unhealthy lifestyle. Because I think what was happening was I was having this internal battle with myself. Like, who are you really? Right. Who isn't you? And I was like, I was almost waiting. I felt like, and I, I haven't talked about this in an interview at all ever. I'm actually coming to this conclusion because you're a good friend and I can, yeah. you know, I can tell I'm, I'm so listening. Like, I mean... I think that I was subconsciously attracting something to come into my life and blow it all up because I couldn't get out of it myself. Mm. And that's what happened. Mm. And I, you're out of alignment. You can't get yourself back in. Now now I know. like The universe is going to step in and, and snap you back into alignment. And a lot of the times it'll hurt. Yeah. A week In a week's time, I lost the show. The guy that I was with was cheating on me with one of our friends. And at that time, I'd spent all my money. I had nothing. I had no connections, no relationship, no job. And I found myself in this tiny little like room in this apartment with six other actors. And I remember I had this like little window and it faced a brick wall. And I'm sitting there. I find myself in the middle of this like room with all my boxes. And I'm like, what did I just do? And who the hell am I? What am I going to do? Right. And it was like that shit that had to happen for a shift to happen because I was forced to figure out who I really was. And mm-hmm. And that was the beginning. And like, I really wish after, like, I, I was like, yay, I'm going to personal develop myself right on out of this. And I'm going to, I'm going to change right away. But that's not what happened. It actually was a really long process of figuring things out and, 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 and getting there one action step at a time. And throughout that process, I really learned unbelievable lessons that I needed to learn in order to build the company that I did today, all in the book. But we can, we can go from there wherever you want to yeah. go. It's time for you to feel and look your best from the inside out. And that's why this episode is brought to you in part by Joy. Joy is a place where women can find answers on their own health journey and really start to feel like themselves again. I recently started to get really curious about how I could actually slow down my aging and have a little Benjamin Button moment. So when I turned to Joy, spelled J-O-I, They used very comprehensive labs to offer me a very personalized solution to have more energy, more radiant skin, and even maintain my muscle mass. So 
after the support and the direction from the Joy team, I feel like I've got this little glow going that radiates from the inside out. And through the comprehensive lab and the help of functional medicine clinicians, Joy helps you understand what's going on inside your body and provides solutions to address the root cause of your concerns. If you're looking for more radiant skin, easier weight control, or a little bit of sexier sexy time, take control of your well-being with the innovative solutions and hormone balancing therapies from Joy. If you're looking to take ownership of your health and feel your best, they are giving us 20% off your labs. So head on over to choosejoy.co slash U-turn and browse their curated section of comprehensive labs. These are unlike anything I would get at a typical doctor's visit. That's choose joi.co slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n and get 20% off your labs. Choose joy because it's time for you to feel like you again. I feel like being in a business where, and I, I feel like this is a lot of people, they're in a job or they're in a career where they don't feel seen. When they look back at their life, which maybe this is a breakthrough for some people, it's like they look at their family dynamic and they're like, you know, I had a lot of, like for me, I had a lot of big feelings. I was reading Shel Silverstein where the sidewalk ends, age seven, whole book in an afternoon, writing my feelings, getting poetry awards at 11. I did not feel seen by anybody in my family. Like my mom's side of the family was very like, get a job, you know, like when I was like 10 and they didn't value the same things that I did. And they'd call me a princess and they weren't mean. They just weren't, they didn't see me, you know? And there was this artist inside of me that was like feeling all these things. And I feel like a lot of people, their whole life, they don't feel seen, or maybe they feel like they hold space for people and they meet people where they are, but people can't meet them where they themselves are, you know, and they, they're used to that. That's something I'm really grateful having friends like you and our group of friends is like a lot of our women can see me and meet me just like I could do that for them. So where could somebody start right now if they're listening to you and thinking like, I feel like I'm in a heavy metal show my whole life and I hate heavy metal, you know? All right. So I think the first step, the the book is really broken up into four parts. The first part is called Be Courageous. And it's all around fear and, and fear in so many ways, fear and fear of seeing yourself for who you really are, maybe for the first time and tapping back into like that real you, that little girl, little boy, little person that you were when you, when you first like were unapologetic about everything that you wanted to feel and you wanted to be seen as, and you wanted people to see you. I know that when I was like five, if you walked into my house, there was a 99.9% chance that I would force you to sit down on the couch and I would put on a show for you and you would watch me sing and dance and I would <laughs> perform all of the, the entire musical, Annie, the entire thing, every character, and you would watch me. And I had absolutely no shame in my game and I wanted everybody to see me. And then I think it was, and I read about this in the book around like middle school time when the conditioning started to happen and I started to desperately want to fit in with the cool girls and I started to desperately want to be seen. So I was like, no, don't be real Jen. Don't be goofy. Don't perform. Don't let your belly hang out. Like, don't like, don't you, you can't do these things. You need to dress this way. You need to be this way in order for people to like you. And I think for everybody that's different in, in the way that the conditioning happens, but we start to lose, lose our, our courage in, in shining and being who we really are. And we start to just live this life that we think we need to live in order for other people to approve of us. And, and the first thing that you can start to do is to remember who that, that person was that was so in the pocket 
And I love the term in the pocket. I use it a lot in the book. I use it for myself. And I try to think back um, to maybe time. So I want everyone that's listening, we can actively do this together to think back to a time in your life when you were just so in the pocket, Mm -hmm. you know, like a time when it felt like time stopped, like you could do that thing forever and you felt so yourself. Maybe it was a small moment when you were with a family member that you just felt so like, this is exactly me. Like, I'm so me right now. Maybe actually when you were reading, you know, those books and you were writing that poetry and you're like, I love this. I'm so free. I'm so me. Think back to a moment like that. And what I like to do is I like to do, I call them wonder walks. I'll go for a walk and I'll, I'll listen to music that will bring me back to that time. And I'll start to walk around like as that little girl. Mm-hmm. I felt well in that time and I'll bring back those memories. And that always helps me to tap back into what she would have wanted for me. Right. How can I navigate through the world as her, as the person that I was when I was most in the pocket so that I can start making decisions that would drive my life to more opportunities where I can be seen as that. Right. And that courage. It, it really, really does. It takes understanding that, you know, fear is going to be there when you start to being seen, start to be seen as who you really are. It's going to be there. Imposter syndrome is going to be there. Well, it's like rejection feels so much more real. Like it's so much easier to be rejected when you're someone else. Cause deep down, it's almost like in our subconscious, we're like, well, that's not really who I am anyway. So if you don't like it, it's really not me. I feel like there's such a, a feeling to like, it's almost like an artist putting their art out into the world. It's like when people don't like it, it really is a piece of their soul and it hits so different for them. Um, yeah, I, I so hear what you're saying. Like, I'm so resonating with this for people. Yeah, it's scary. But here's the thing about confidence and about doing it and practicing it. We get good at what we practice with anything. You practice right. something enough, you get better at it. Same thing goes for being seen as your authentic self. It's yeah. freaking scary. Like, for me, like going live on social media when I first was done being heavy metal Jennifer and I was starting to actually build a brand that was like who I really was. Like going live on social as me without my mask and my costume on was terrifying, terrifying because rejection of that girl was real rejection. It was yeah. real. And I was so scared. I would never do it. I would sit there for like an hour debating if I was going to press the button or not. And in the book, I talk about like little tiny ways that you can build that confidence to get that first action step because that first action step of doing the thing you're afraid to do. You're only going to feel that fear of that first time, that one first time. Every single time you do it after that, it gets a little bit easier. Maybe not a lot, but a little easier. And every single time you do the thing that you're afraid to do, you put another little point in your confidence bank because you prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it. And you prove to yourself that when you take action, you don't die. Nothing terrible happens. Oh, it was my authentic self. I did the live. Okay. I'm proud of myself. I did it. I can do it again. Yeah. And it's, it's consistency of doing the hard thing and showing up as who you really are and putting yourself in positions where you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but comfortable enough to be seen as you and starting to practice. Yeah. And I practice now and now I go live every day. I put my makeup on, on do Q&A every single day in front of people and just bare face and answer questions. And that's really, I do that to consistently practice tapping back into really who I am and having conversations with real me. Mm-hmm. And I do that to continue to practice being seen mm-hmm. and it takes consistency. And, and you're not alone if you're listening to this, if you feel fear around that, because we all do. Mm, I love what you're saying so much. And I think it's so true. It's like, it's really a muscle. Um, I feel like let's say somebody listening right now has like a friendship where maybe they're the space holder, like they're holding all the thoughts that the person has, they're holding all the feelings the person has. and we want to encourage them 
as they're listening right now, and I hope they read the Be Seen book because that's a no-brainer purchase, but um, what would be like a little micro step for them to get started in creating more dynamics, like a dynamic with a friend where there's space being held for them too? Right. So they're the one that's holding the space for the friend and the friend that yeah. will be seeing. Yeah. Oh, man. I, so here's the thing. In relationships, you can't make anybody change. There's nothing you can say or do to force somebody to change the way that they are. Whether it is they're not holding space for you or they're not doing something that you wish that they would do or they're not getting on board with something that you're working on. Maybe it's you're on a personal development journey and they're just not on board. You can't force somebody, no matter how much how many books you put in front of them, how many podcasts you make them listen to, how many times you have conversations with them. If they're not ready to change and shift and do that thing, they're not going to. So I had to come to terms with that. Like that's been a, a hard thing for, because I'm a controller and I like to make things happen. I'm an achiever. I like, I'm like, you need to see me, see me. What I found in my relationships is that what works best usually in my experience is if somebody is not able to hold space for me, I need to be able to find that within a, within myself and other people that will. And then go live my best life and just shine my damn light as bright as humanly possible. And if that person doesn't come along for the ride by their own choice and their own decision, because they're like, wow, she's really shining. I really want to be part of her life. And they, I really want to step in and like be part of this and experience this. And I know I need to change in order to do that. If they don't make that decision on their own, then maybe it's the end of that season of that friendship. And that's okay. Yeah. The I more was- seen as you, the more you're going to unfortunately and fortunately end seasons of friendship. Yeah. I feel like this is so important. And like, it's interesting. My mom and I like on our road trip from Miami to LA. Um, so those of you who don't know, I moved home to LA for good. I'm not moving anymore. I'm literally the most rooted version of myself right now. Well, I'm soon to be, I guess. It was like 20 hours into the road trip, you start covering new territory because you're like, we've been sitting here for 20 hours looking at this road. Do you believe in aliens? Like, we just like cover new shit, you know? Yeah. And I was learning so much about my mom and I was realizing that, I don't know if it's, I'm so generous, I think, with my friends of like, how are you? What's going on with you? How can I help? That with my mom, she's kind of my one space that even though she can't totally hold everything that's going on for me emotionally, because like, she's not as in touch with herself, even though she's amazing. Like that's just, she's not as in touch with her emotions as I am. Um, I realized I never really took the time to ask these deeper questions. And it was so profound for me to realize that a lot of us don't know our parents and they're still alive for some of us. And we just haven't asked real questions to really see them and understand them. Um, so sometimes it's almost like we don't even, people don't even notice that they're not making space for the other person. It's just a dynamic that's needs to be kind of reworked and the person's willing to do it. Um, and then of course there's some friends where it's like, yeah, that's kind of a hopeless case. Um, okay. So I know you were an actress and then you became a fitness coach and you started the media company. Take me into like, that moment where you were like going on auditions and you were like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to start this. Cause I feel like people who make a pivot like that, it's obviously for them very terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, it wasn't like a conscious pivot. It was kind of like a really slow, um, a slow transition. And I want to give people permission to have that. Like, it doesn't have to be like, I'm making a decision right now. And I know exactly what the outcome is going to be because I, if you were to tell me like, 
that this was how it was all going to pay out and I was going to end up here back when I was like an actress, I would have told you, you're absolutely crazy. Like yeah. you can't, like, it, it's impossible to connect the dots. And I didn't know when I, when I lost everything. So let's go back to that moment where I'm staring at that brick wall and I'm like, who the hell am I? What am I going to do? And I knew like, okay, the one thing I know about myself is like, I love working out. I love like fitness. I like helping people. I think that my first job could be as a personal trainer. So literally it was like, I got to get a job. And if I'm a personal trainer, I can also audition on the side because it's a flexible work environment, right? I can kind of make my own hours. So I, in the book, I talk all about the story of becoming a trainer, which was a really difficult, crazy thing that taught me a lot of discipline. And I had no discipline at the time. It forced me to wake up early. It forced me to like show up on time. It forced me to actually learn how to be a little mini entrepreneur. And what ended up happening is I actually started to love this idea of marketing myself and getting in the media and and branding myself and getting clients and selling. I was like, this is fun. I'm a businesswoman. And I actually started to love that way more than the act of auditioning and waiting for someone to pick me. Mm. I was really getting sick of that. So I just started to spend more time building my business and less time auditioning. And I think that this happens for a lot of people in nine to fives. They start spending more time on their side hustle, a little less time in their main hustle and and it it transitions on its own. And then one day, uh, the gym fired me because they found out that I was training some of the clients from the gym on the side to make all the money instead of just the cut. And I was like, oh, this seems like just like the normal, like smart business decision to make. Why would I do this? And they obviously, they fired me. But what's really crazy, let's go full circle, Ash, because that gym, um, they fired me. It forced me to to start my own business. It forced Mm -hmm. me to become an entrepreneur. That was the thing. That was when the Band-Aid ripped. And I was like, shit, I really got to create a business now. And Mm -hmm. it taught me so much about entrepreneurship. But then when I was ready to meet my partner and I started uh, actively trying to date, actively connecting, I made my word of the year connection. And I was like, I have to start connecting with people because I was such an introvert. I would just work all the time. And I wasn't allowing myself to receive anything. And I was walking past that old gym that I got fired from. And I walked past it. And all of a sudden, the sign on the door looked different. Equinox had acquired that gym. So I was like, oh, I guess the people that fired me don't work here anymore because it was acquired by Equinox. And then all of a sudden, I got this like massive hit from the universe. It was immediate. It was like, Jenny, you need to walk in that gym because there's someone there that you need to meet. And you need to be in and you need to network and you need to connect with people. And I was like, okay, I walk right in. I give them my credit card. I start working out there again. I bump into an ex-boyfriend that I dated when I worked there. He was a trainer still, training, working there. This is years later. He's like, what are you up to? I'm like, I built a business. Like I, I have trainers training for me all around. I do online stuff. I'm here because I want to network or connect. He's like, oh, you should really know this guy that works out here. I think he does something similar. So he sent me this guy named Chris Winfield's Facebook profile. And I go home and I look at this guy's Facebook profile and his, he turns out he's known as the super connector. And I'm like, this, my word of the year is connection. I need to connect with this super connector guy. And I'll make the story shorter. I married this guy. This <laughs> ended up being everywhere. You know that, but yes. everybody listening, he ended up being my husband and my business partner. And, um, and a big part of, of, of the other transformation of my life and building this media company and, um, and everything. So you never really know how the dots are going to connect, but that was the transition there. And I wish I could tell you that it was a moment where I knew everything was going to work out. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I had no freaking idea. I was like, I, it was the first next step. Okay. I like training. I, I like exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll become a trainer. Okay. Well now I like business. Okay. Let's, let's, let's expand this a little more. 
Let's mm-hmm. do this on the side. Oh, shit, I got fired. Okay. How do we make the best of this? It was one step ahead, one step at a time that formed the clarity, not knowing the clarity and then taking action because I knew. I love this so much. It's such a reminder. Like clarity comes from engagement. Like it's such a process to get it. You can't just sometimes think and rock in a chair and read a thousand books. You, I mean, books are engaging in some way, but sometimes you just got to get out there. You talk about this voice in your head and I have so many different thoughts on that with my U-turn book, but like, I feel like you've got to have your own thoughts on, there's probably people listening, thinking like, I am so cut off from that voice. I can't hear that voice if I tried. And it's such a blessing. It's also a way of life, right? Like living vulnerably is like an everyday choice. It's the same thing as living through intuition. It's an everyday, it's a whole different way of life. Instead of living from the head of this is what I should do, you're constantly living from that voice, which is a completely different set of choices. So how do you tune into that voice? And I know the typical question anyone would ask is, you know, knowing if it's fear or the actual wise voice. So just anything around that. Yeah. I'm not an expert at this. I always try to tap into my intuition and sometimes I can't hear it. Sometimes I can't tell the difference between intuition and fear, but, um, somebody taught me this, I don't remember who it was, but I love using it. And whenever I get like an intuitive hit or fear, like any kind of voice that's either telling me don't do it or you should do it. I always ask myself, whose voice is that? And and sometimes I ask what, like, is it my parents' voice? Is it my husband's voice? Is it the random people on the internet's voice? Is it someone from, you know, like someone I'm worried about what they're going to think of these voice, or is it my voice? Whose voice is saying this? Whose voice is talking to me? And I really have to tap in. I have to ask myself, like, mm-hmm. is there anybody else involved in this message? And usually if there's somebody else involved, it's, it's fear because it's fear of what that person would think of me. It's fear of disappointing that person. It's fear of showing up as the person that I need to be for that other human being. And it's not my intuition. My intuition won't be my voice. It'll be Jenny saying, no, this is all you, you can't do this, or you have to do this, or this is an opportunity. Mm, I feel like that's, and it's interesting because when you ask yourself, whose voice is this? Sometimes it's our parents' voice that is like embedded in our head. And we love our parents, but sometimes they have opinions that aren't actually our own. And it's like time to do a little mental spring cleaning for lack of a better term. Um, Okay. I know that we don't necessarily look at ourselves in the way that other people see us. Like, and I'm so grateful for you and our friends that remind me who I am. And it's not that I always need the reminder, but sometimes we all need the reminder. So how can someone start to like really get in touch with how epic they actually are? All right. So you just laid me up really well, teed Mm -hmm. me up for one of my favorite exercises that I do. And I think you should do it, Ashley. <laughs> uh, I do it every day. So I'm, I'm releasing a book into the world. And you know, Ash, because you did yeah. it too. It's the most vulnerable, scary thing in oh. the world. And the ironic thing is I wrote a book called Be Seen. And like, I'm so, like, being seen right now is scary. And I'm putting yes. all of the tools in my own book and, and implementing them in real time to help me through this time. Yeah. And one of the tools that I have is my favorite for overcoming like imposter syndrome or seeing yourself the way that other people see you. And I call it the badass list. Mm. It was created with me and a friend having a conversation. And I was really just trying to help her through something. We accidentally created this tool that I use. So I want everybody to take out your phone while you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on your phone, maybe just open up the notes app in your phone. And what I want you to do is I want you to make a list and you can do this later in your journal if you want to also. 
of all the times in your life when you felt like a badass, mm-hmm. like every single moment. And it could be a big business moment where everyone was looking at you and it was a massive, very public moment, or it could be just like a moment that you had with yourself. Like I got up and went to the gym yesterday. I'm mm-hmm. badass. I was so proud of myself. I felt really good. Mm-hmm. Or like when I told that guy to screw you, go away. Like I'm good. I'm done. Like honestly, like one of my, one of my badass moments was like the day that I could, uh, you'll read about hedge fund Rob in my book. Um, <laughs> but he, I mean, a lot of designer purses and I thought that I like need, like it was, I needed him to buy me designer purses. So the day that I could take the designer purse that he bought me and donate it and give it to somebody else and go buy my own. Like that was a badass moment for me that I'm not like public about. So put all your badass moments on a piece of paper. And then anytime you're feeling like you're an imposter or you're not good enough, or you're just hating on yourself. I want you to open up that list and read it out loud, but don't read it as if it's you. Mm. It is if it's somebody else. Somebody that you're comparing yourself to on social media, somebody that you're just like researching and you're just like reading all the accomplishments and all the cool things that that person has done and really read it out loud and be impressed with that person. Take a second to like, whoa, you did, that person did that. That's pretty cool. And marvel at yourself and ask yourself, is this person worthy of doing the thing that I'm afraid to do right now? Is this person like, take, like, would I, what would I advise this person to do? Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I love that so much, and it feels so true. Um, and I think so many people are so out of touch with their magic. And there's so much we do when people aren't looking, you know. And I just do it for myself, like leaving that fifty dollars in the Uber's front seat because they were saying they have trouble paying rent. It's like these little things that we do, and we don't realize how much generosity increases our self esteem because it's quite a likable thing to do to give to other people and see yourself in that way. And Maybe it's narcissistic in the end because I'm like, I'm amazing. I'm giving, but like, it feels good, you know? And I think that there's something to that. Um, Okay. You, you talk about in your book, there's a chapter called how to travel back in time. And you also have this confidence continuum. So I don't know which one's feeling present. We could talk about both of those, but I'm just curious about both of those ideas. Yeah. So how to travel through time. It's not just back in time. It's like through time, like to the future, to the past. I think it's really, really cool to learn that we have the capacity to feel any feeling that we desire, like any feeling. So that whole section of the book is really about the law of attraction, but I really teach it in the form of the law of action and subconscious reprogramming to Mm -hmm. be able to actually feel the feelings that we want to feel in real time that we maybe we won't experience until uh, when we get the thing that we want, but we can tap into those feelings now. And I love practicing that because that helps me to remind myself who I want to be seen as. And I tell a lot of stories in the book of how I was able to quote unquote manifest a lot of things like my dream role in the Broadway national tour and Chris, I feel like I manifested him, but I don't use the word manifest. I use the word create, uh, Mm -hmm. the creative process. And the reason that I use that word is because I think manifestation has gotten a bad rap right now because people talk about it. Like it's like, oh, you just visualize the thing and then it magically appears. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's how it works. And what I believe is that if you reprogram the subconscious by visualizing and seeing and feeling the emotions that you want to feel as if they already exist, like your brain is so powerful. We could actually make ourselves feel any physical feeling that we want. If we get deep enough into the visualization, like yeah. think about it, you can have an orgasm in your sleep without touching yourself. Like that's totally. how totally brain is. And so you can have practice feeling those feelings. Again, it's, it's back to reps. So yeah. I visualize the feelings that I would feel when I played this one role that I really wanted to play in this show. And I would feel the way that I would feel on the stage. And I would cry tears of joy at the curtain call when everyone was clapping and I was bowing and I was in the costume and I felt the lights on my body and I would practice 
feeling these feelings and these emotions. It was like I was traveling through time to that moment because I was feeling the feelings. And what that was doing was it was just reprogramming my subconscious to look for opportunities that would give me that moment. And yeah. it was also reprogramming my mind to be more persistent when I didn't get the part again and again and again and again. When as I think if I didn't do all of that subconscious reprogramming, maybe in that in that process of of getting rejected a bazillion times, I would have stopped and would have been like, oh, I guess this isn't for me. But because I had believed so deeply and shifted my entire mind to believing that this role was mine and it already existed and it already happened, I was so persistent that I didn't stop until I got it. And Mm -hmm. that, I believe, is how we attract the things that we want in our life. It's a combination of visualization plus taking persistent action. But the action is easier when you can travel through time and allow yourself to feel the feelings that you'll feel as if it's already existed. Is that like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love manifestation for that reason. And sometimes people can feel like what they want is so far away from them. It makes them hard to, there's so much around manifestation. It's like, sometimes we almost subconsciously teach ourselves. We don't have anything when we're like always putting the thing we want out there and the art of really feeling in your body, having something and realizing how available it is is so powerful. And I think a lot of people struggle to let themselves have that. Does that play into your confidence continuum or what's the, tell me about the confidence continuum. Yeah. I mean, of course, because action also, listen, you got to have confidence at least a little bit to take action on the things that you want. And the way that we create confidence is over time. It's not, so if you're not a confident person, I want you to just like take a nice big exhale. It's okay. You can build confidence. Even Mm -hmm. if lost your confidence because something's happened and it really like it took your confidence levels like down a couple notches. It's okay. You can rebuild it. Mm-hmm. And rebuilding confidence isn't necessarily the most comfortable, easy thing in the world because it takes doing uncomfortable stuff to prove to yourself just how capable you are. Mm-hmm. However, all can do it. And mm-hmm. the confidence continuum for me is really like a, like a giant like flow chart. Imagine a circle and it all starts with the first action step. So let's go back to that like Instagram live story yeah. of how I'm absolutely petrified to go live because this is about being seen and maybe there's somebody that wants to start being seen online, but they're so scared. Okay. So I want to become more confident going live on social media. All right. The first time I went to go do it, I was absolutely petrified. I had to say like, shut up to the fear. And I had to literally put my arm around fear and take it with me and say, we're going to go together. I know you're not going to go away. I'm going to be scared. This is probably going to suck but I'm going to take action anyway. So you take that first action step and you press the button and you go live. Okay. You go live. Three people show up. You go live for two minutes. It wasn't very good, whatever, but you end it and you did it. And then you get a win. So you take the first action step and that turns into a win because that win was you did it. Oh my God, I did it. Yay. Okay. Wasn't that bad? I didn't die. A couple of people watched. I said a couple of things. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that makes the next action step. So then you got the win. That gives you a little bit more motivation to take the next action step with a little bit less fear, a little bit more confidence. So Mm -hmm. then the next day comes and you're like, okay, I did this yesterday. So now I have proof that I can do this. I'm going to do it again. So you take action again. You go live again. This time you stay on for five minutes because you're a little more confident because you already did it. And this time after you get off, somebody DMs you and they're like, I love that. I'd love to talk to you about working with you. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I just got a bigger win. Wow. Then you really got some more motivation to go live again. So then by the third day, you're feeling even more ready to do this than you were the first time you press go live again and you have much more confidence and much more momentum. And that is like, that's the juiciness. That's how motivation is built by taking scary action, getting a win, celebrating the win and going and doing it again. And the more consistently you can do that process with anything in your life, the more confident you're going to become. 
It's such a feedback loop confidence. Like I'm just taking little notes as you're talking about this. And I feel like these little bite-sized moments of putting yourself out there, it's it's just so, so, um, such a feedback loop phenomenon for us. Um, Okay. I know a lot of people need confidence continuum galore when they're networking because it feels scary um, and it feels vulnerable and you don't know how people are going to receive you. You don't know where they're at. And it just feels like a full contact sport sometimes. So for somebody listening, um, what would you say is like a starter thought or approach if like, let's say they're going to a networking event? Because I know you're an introvert, even though not the whole world maybe knows that. And you run like a, you had a really busy networking moment with a lot of events and people networking that you were putting on. Um, so yeah, anything around networking and creating community, I would love to help people with. Yeah, I still do that. I have an entire chapter in the book called Becoming a Networking Ninja, and it's written by an introvert. So all of, I have had to gamify networking for myself because it's part of my job. I know that opportunities come from people and I love connection and I love relationships, but in order to make those connections and those relationships, I got to get out there and I got to actually network. And a lot of the most amazing opportunities have come to me through relationships and people. It just is what it is. So you have to get good at it. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I like to do when I go into a networking event as an introvert, my first, my first step before I go anywhere is I give myself a goal. This has helped me so much. I give myself a goal and an out. So I know when I can leave. The whole <laughs> piece of the networking event is knowing when you can leave. Because if you just go in and you're just floating around aimlessly without knowing when you can leave, then you're like, oh, then you have like FOMO and you don't know if you should leave yet. And you don't know if you've done a good job. And then you leave, like, should I stay five more minutes? So I set a goal and I'm like, all right, I'm going to connect with two people here and get, get contacts from two people and have two really deep conversations. Once I've done that, I can leave. Or maybe like I need to find the most interesting person in the world that has in the in the world in the room that has something that can help me. So that means that I've got to walk around and talk to people and figure out who is a really interesting person. And then once I've done that, then I can leave. I love setting a goal, gamifying it. So then at least your networking event is actually for something and you're intentional about it. And then you can you can go. And then once you go, you feel really proud of yourself that you went because you fulfilled the goal. You you did the game. You did it. I win. And then you can go back in feeling safe. It gives me a big sense of safety when yeah. I know that I have an out. That's my number one tip. I've got a zillion other networking tips if you want them. I love I love the idea of like a quota because it takes you off the hook, puts you in the game. It's not endless. I remember when I learned swimming from my mom, she used to like back up as I almost made it to her. And that was like the worst feeling in the world. I remember as a kid, like the feeling of her stepping back in the pool when I thought I made it. So I love quotas. I'm like, you know, that empowers you. Um, okay. So this makes a lot of sense. I would say, you know, people wanting to put themselves out there and create a personal brand. So first you need to see yourself. Maybe you need to have some conversations with people. Um, but what about people who really want to put themselves out there and they're feeling some imposter syndrome? They're feeling like, who the hell am I to like be an expert? You know, I try not to be an expert on this podcast because that the whole thought stresses me myself out. Um, but yeah, you know, what would be your feedback for that? Yeah. So imposter syndrome is always going to be there. I hate to break it to you. I've talked to every successful, like I haven't talked to, I haven't spoken to every successful person in the the world, but I've spoken to a lot of really successful people. And my favorite question to ask them is like, do you ever feel like an imposter? Because I, I've been consistently feeling like that during my process. And then like, it never goes away. Mm -hmm. It never, because every single time you stress, you stress yourself, you're going to have that feeling of doubt. 
You're going to have that feeling of uncertainty. You're going to have that feeling of maybe I'm not good enough. And my husband and Chris and I always talk about the rule of 51%. Mm. And a lot of people on the internet are will say like, oh, you got to believe in yourself 100%. You got to be in it 100%, 100% of the time. And I feel like that is just so difficult. I'm never at 100%. I always yeah. have a little fear, a little imposter syndrome, a little doubt that I can't be the person online or share the video or share the post or write the book or do the podcast. But I tell myself like, okay, can you get to 51% of belief? Yeah. Then you don't. And can you take action with that feeling there anyway? Because like we said about the confidence continuum, the more that you do it, the more you're going to learn the feedback, what people like, what people don't like, what works for you, what doesn't. And you're going to be able to show up more confidently and maybe not necessarily ever really feel like an expert, but at least be able to show up and provide value and build that brand over time, the more that you do it. And the easiest way to take that action step is to understand that you don't need to believe 100% to take that action step. You've just got to be in it like a little bit more than you don't. Mm-hmm. 51%. And it's okay to mm-hmm. feel it. It's normal and natural. And I feel like people just hold themselves back. They're like, oh, it's not perfect. I'm not perfectly ready. I'll wait until then. And then a year has passed and they've never done the thing that they want to do. Right. It's so true. Okay. I feel like I've asked you so many things and you're so, you're such a wizard at so many things. Um, when it comes to like, if you lost everything and you had to start a new personal brand tomorrow, um, what would be like the first thing you would get started with? What would be your first few thoughts on getting it moving? Oh my God. This is an amazing question. That's like a, probably one of the most powerful questions I've been asked on the podcast. Yay. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I would do is I would start creating consistent content because if I had to start from scratch, I need to have content up there on my page so that when somebody does connect with me, they can go there and see, oh, she's got some stuff going on. Right. So really important, consistent content. And I would post a lot. And for me, if you are listening to this and you are building a brand and you want to have an online presence and you have a service story or a product that can help people and you want to get it out there into the world, there's nothing more important than creating consistent content. Mm-hmm. So I would start there and then I would start working my network and connecting with people because opportunities come from people. And if you're building a brand from scratch, you need to build an audience and your audience is most likely following other people. So I would go and find people that have an audience that you want that already follow that person. And I would find ways to make a powerful win-win relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. I call it, okay, leverage other people's audiences. So like we're doing it, me and you together right now, Ash. Like, yeah. well, I'm going to share you with my community. You're going to share me with your, with your community. And that's how we build each other up. So yeah. you know, it's hard to hack the algorithm, but you want to make sure you're producing content so that when everybody from the podcast or the Instagram live that you do with somebody else, sees you and they're like, oh, I want to check her out. I want to check him out. They can go to your page and see, oh, there's lots of consistent content here for me to follow and learn. And they have the credibility from being on my friend's podcast or being on my friend's Instagram live. So collaborations, people, consistent content, and, and just taking action before you're ready. I would just go and stop overthinking it and stop hearing what people think because that's what holds most people back. I love that so much. And I feel like um, we we do tend to overthink there's something about the idea of starting over. Like I often think, oh, I'm so grateful that I started a coaching business a gazillion years ago. It's it's a, di- a different era. It's still never too late to start. Um, but I do think that people feel more and more like, oh, like it's so crowded or who am I? And so I think it's really helpful to look at that. Um, and just remember, we're all made of the same stuff. Our brains have the same little gooey stuff. Like the inside of us is the same. So you know, the only difference is we're all packaged a little differently, but we have the same, we start with the same power pack, you know? Everybody um, poops. 
Yeah. Everybody poops. I love that book so much. I think I want to create a a children's book about Jupy called Jupesiety, about Jupy managing his anxiety and people managing. That's cute. I love that. <laughs> anyway, I um I don't know why everyone poops remind me of Jupy, obviously. Because he poops. He yeah. poops. Yeah. I love you so much, Jen. Where can everybody get started in like your ecosystem and expanding, you know, just learning with your book and stuff that's out now? Yeah. BeSeenBook.com is where you can get the book. I mean, you can get it anywhere. It's sold anywhere. But if you go to BeSeenBook.com, all the stores are there. Don't just buy one. Buy one for you. Buy one for a friend so you can read it together. And you can find me on Instagram. That's the, the greatest place to go and kickstart your journey. Action for Gottlieb. I love you, my friend. Thank you again for coming on. For having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.